0: What's up, folks? It's another edition. It's hitting the high notes, jazz talk. I'm um, uh, folks. It is uh, I who trans Superman on the Twitterverse. That's uh, who trans Superman on the Twitterverse and Instagram. Actually, I, I always forget about IG. Um, uh, yeah, it's a uh, who Tran here. We're, we're here to talk Utah Jazz. As always, you got to bring in the guy that goes the distance. Go to distance forty nine. What's up, Jared Barker?
1: I am doing uh, doing well. You know, just another week uh, working and stuff.
0: Yeah, um uh yeah we're, we're, I mean look like like we're getting so close to the jazz season and it's crazy because it feels like
1: well it's it's come it sneaks up on you because uh, all of a sudden it's like uh, oh yeah we actually are gonna start the season yeah like so uh, it,
0: it has been it has um, <laughs> uh, been a little a little wild wild' I'm, uh, and I'm um, uh, of course the Squatchers of dragon mr dragon squatch logan Cox oh he's not here never mind so um uh yeah I'm, uh, he, he will have to join us on a on another episode uh but you know what um, uh, we're bringing back a a a, a long time favorite. Uh, we were just talking before we started recording. Um, uh, we haven't talked to this guy in nine months, and like that's he said pre trade deadline. I was like, God, nine months feels just so that's long. That's another ago.
1: world, man. That's another world.
0: Shoot. Yeah. So um uh so he he was on for pre trade deadline talk, and and then now uh um we call him Kant. Um, uh, but um uh, he has he has changed his name. Um, uh, he's no longer um uh, he he is Sloans. Categorical imperative. I hope you don't mind. I'm still going to call you Kant, because um, yeah. uh, without without the good place in my life, I need some philosophical names um, uh, running through my brain here.
2: Yeah, that's that's absolutely fine. You can still call me Kant. I just felt like after Coach Sloan passed that uh, to honor him, I decided to, to go to, with Sloan and with everything that happened this summer. Immanuel uh, Kant had a lot of great philosophical ideas, but he also didn't like black people. So I was like, you know what, I'm going <laughs> to... Yeah. S- move to somebody else for a little bit. Christopher
0: Columbus is in the um, uh, is in the um, uh, in the bad place because of all the rapings and the pill- pillaging. Exactly, yeah. That. Uh, um yeah, so Kant, um uh, welcome back. Um, uh thanks for joining us 'cause I'm uh I'll be honest, I am not a draft nick. The draft is is, is right around the corner and I'm um, uh you know, a lot of Jazz Twitter is talking about guys that Jazz could I'm um, uh uh picking the spot here. Um, and so we're going to talk about some names here, but first I, I I want to talk about, you know, the philosophy of the NBA draft and like where the jet, what do you think the jazz are philosophically with the 23rd pick right now?
2: I think that philosophically, uh, just given their past and, and where their history is, they're probably looking and even reading the tea leaves of reading guys like Tony Jones and, and Andy Larson, they're probably going to try and pick a big wing gives them strong defense three indeed wing type hopefully somebody that's more athletic than a lot of the guys that are on the team because even though they have some very skilled players on the team there is a little bit of a lack of athleticism on the team so ideally they would have you know a sharp shooting playmaking ball handling wing that is six nine and can do everything but that's not going to come at
1: 23 yeah so, so the um, jazz aren't picking uh schrodinger's cat or the trolley problem at 23.
2: No, no. I think yeah, yeah. that they are going to leave those for undrafted free agents. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, Jared, I'm a, like you and I. I feel
0: like we've been talking about the offseason for a while now. Like, like I'm, I've been looking ahead to this offseason since last offseason, basically. Um, much. And one of the things I, 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 one of the things I do believe I've been saying uh, all year long is that you know, like, hey, you know, the Jazz are going to have these tools at their disposal come this off to make their bench um, stronger, make their team stronger, their depth stronger, and I. I I kept saying, yeah, the 23rd pick, if they could just find um, somebody, as Kant said, you know, athletic wing, like just, but I guess the thing that I kind of failed to think about at the time was like, you know, the NBA draft comes in, the Jazz have 22 guys picking in front of, 22 teams picking in front of them. And um, they won't necessarily have, you know, like, you know, th- there might be five wings available at 23. There might be zero. Um, and so it comes up to me to like, when I think about the 23rd pick, I'm like, you know sometimes I, or and I, I know Logan and I have touched on, on this like some I my personal philosophy is you take the best player available regardless of like if there's a center at 23 that the Jazz see and um you know maybe, maybe he's raw maybe he's like he's got Hashim uh, to be um a uh, level a um, uh, uh raw raw, mm-hmm. raw prospect but the Jazz like I mean Rudy Gobert you know had the same same raw abilities right mm-hmm. um and the Jazz see him at 23 uh what do you think the jazz do like do you think the jazz try to take the best player they think is available or do you think the jazz try to try to fit a need in at 23
1: i don't think the jazz are in a spot where they're just going to try to uh, shoehorn somebody in there i think that they'll think that they'll take the guy who they think is the best and will help them because the jazz don't seem like a short-sighted organization to me yeah in general um they usually make the long play and so i mean there's a lot of talk about what Rudy's future could be and all this stuff, but I don't really see the Jazz trying to move on from Rudy. And I don't, I don't think Donovan's going to be like, "Yeah, I'm going to force you to trade me." So I, I think uh, they probably go for the long-term play, the one that they think helps them the most, uh, make the most of the
0: play. Even if have. it doesn't help them at all this year, like, like if if it's a guy that's going to be two years uh, in the G League and um uh you know just like he just he just doesn't look to have the the impact that they're gonna ha- help them this year to to make a title run
1: don't think you can know for, for certain how long a player is going to be in the g league or even in the league especially i mean but like i mean like, like like, 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 like what if they draft somebody that
0: looks like a second round pick um but it looks like he doesn't have the tools like I mean, you mean you can scout the person and be like you know what probably not going to be a guy that's um, uh Gonna, go, going to um, uh, be impactful this year, but we think he's the best available option. Uh, and maybe in a year or two, he might well, be think, you know, the back I center. Think the or, fact, um, uh,
1: I think the fact that free agency is going to go come before the draft probably makes some of those decisions. Free agency comes before. after the draft. Sure, because they yeah. just.
0: Yes, oh, uh, okay. it always does.
2: Even uh, this so year, were, it's it's going to be on an accelerated schedule. Two for days after, after the draft. draft oh, is, days after the It is the post draft. draft.
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, I don't know. It's a tough call because they'll probably have a lot of those conversations already started so, uh, even though it's technically.
0: So this is that's is what I mean by the philosophical part of the draft. Like I'm um, uh, you know is there is there a best player available that you know or do you you draft that somebody like you know maybe, maybe they find somebody that they're like all right this guy's athletic, he'll he'll be able to play the 8th or ninth man so role, I think but... that, oh,
2: I that question of the philosophy, like, do they go with best player available or do they draft for fit? I think at 23, you always go for best player available, but this draft, and you mentioned Rudy Gobert as is, is a, you know, a diamond in the rough kind of player that they got at 27 back in 2013. This draft reminds me a lot of 2013. We don't really know what's happening at the top of the draft. We don't know how to value the best players in the draft. In 2013, the two best players in the draft were drafted later than expected. And, you know, there's this international mystery man in Giannis Antetokounmpo, and there's Rudy Gobert both coming from overseas and both not getting a lot of draft hype that ended up being the two best players in that draft. And that's kind of where we're at in this draft. And also, because it flattens out so much and the valuations are so radically different, they might draft for fit and best player available because the difference between player a and player B isn't that drastic in this draft. Right.
0: And so I, I guess, I mean, and I, I mean, I, I don't even just mean this draft alone. I mean like almost any draft, um, the jazz are in, because um, I mean, I mean, I, I've been thinking about the 2013 draft a lot because it does feel like, so if we all remember correctly, the jazz drafted Rudy Gobert 27. But before that, the Jazz drafted, I want to say, two late dra- uh, lottery picks or two picks in the teens to move up and, and draft Trey Burke, which was sort of a need—a guy that um, didn't even work out for the Jazz, you know. So the Jazz didn't have as much information on him as you know they thought they they could. But you know, Trey Burke fell, and I don't know if they tried—I don't know if they drafted for need or, but it felt like it because the Jazz were were point guardless at the at the time, so. Um, it, it felt like the Jazz were drafting for need at that point. Drafted, and I mean, luckily for them, they they got the guy they really wanted in Rudy Gobert later in the draft. But you know, sometimes uh, that luck doesn't. I mean, and, and there's a lot of Jazz fans who do remember that because that was the draft they they could have got Giannis. But um,
1: yeah, yeah, we talked about. But it. I I don't think. I mean, people people love to say, you know, that yeah, look at what Giannis became and blah blah blah. And it's like, in no way, shape, or form did. The thirteen t- teams before that pick also uh, also see. What, but the, honest,
0: the longer point of it is that um, became, I think, so. it, like, if we think the Jazz drafted for need in that draft, and um, I do remember talking to the sources I had at the time that Rudy Gobert was very high on their list. So, but yeah. they traded up and skipped over Rudy Gobert, who was their, you know, probably one of their top two or three people on the board. To grab, to grab Trey Burke, who they had not there even There was also out. a
1: lot of different people that were in the room then that aren't now, so I don't know if that's going to affect it or not.
0: But this is still, this is, I'm not, not this is, this is you and I talking about philosophy of, of drafting, you know? Oh, this okay. is like, I'm a, what do you think, like, I mean, the Jazz could have missed out on Rudy Gobert. Um, and so if you're drafting, I'm a, like, what do you think the Jazz should do? What, like, do you think the Jazz should, you know, always go for best player, like, or, or, or do you think going for fit in the NBA is the is the right way to go or um, need not, not for fit more, more need, excuse me, need drafting for need versus drafting, you know, just the best guy that you think, you know, is, is this a Mac no matter what situation or, um, are they, are they gonna, <laughs> are draft, or are they, or are they going to, are they going to draft Bo,
2: you know? Of course we have to have a draft day reference in, in, <laughs> in the draft conversation. I
0: think we have to, right? Like um, it's in my context. Yeah.
2: It's, it's kind of mandatory. I think that one of the things that doesn't get talked about in the discussion of best player available versus drafting for fit is the question of what does best player available really mean? And so like in this draft, there is a player that I'm absolutely in love with, but he is a, a boom or bust proposition. He could be the best player available. And so there's like, are you drafting for the best potential player or are you drafting for the best player right now? Because there are some players that are in their, you know, already 22, Sam Merrill's already 24. Do you draft that guy who might be NBA ready today and the best player today? Or do you draft the guy who's 18 years old and might be a great player in the future? Which one is the best player available? I think you always go with best player available, but I think there's a lot of wiggle room in what best player available means.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, and so it's just something that I think about, especially during draft time. I always, uh, to this conclusion that like, you know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of voices in there, and uh, the Jazz have had some missteps, obviously, um, and the Jazz have obviously hit, and I, d- I just wonder, like, what their philosophy is there, and so uh, I just wonder what, like, if we were GMs, you know, what our philosophy would be, so. Hitting the High Notes is an Unwrapped Sports Partner Podcast. Check out the new live streaming show, Unwrap This, on Twitter, and follow Unwrapped Sports at Unwrapped Sports on Twitter and IG. Um, but let's um, uh, let's stop burying the lead here. Um, uh, that was just uh, you know philosophy, but we we brought Kant on here because um, uh, we wanted to talk about guys that the Jazz might have in their range at twenty three. Um, uh, of course, um, uh, if we remember correctly, the Jazz, uh, you know, the losers in fate lost some coin tosses and um, ended up with twenty third pick instead of the twentieth or whatever pick it was because they won one extra game at the end of the bubble season. So,
1: well, I think we uh, also technically tied and had had to flip a coin. So. I, I think, I yeah, think that's what happens. I think. The, they, the
2: NBA is absurd in that they do two different tiebreakers. They do a tiebreaker for playoff positioning, and then they redo the tiebreaker for that three-way tie to determine draft order. We are we annoying. lost the tiebreaker in both situations. We meant to lose the tiebreaker for the playoffs because we wanted the Nuggets. Like The Jazz very clearly, in my opinion, tanked to get the Nuggets. Yeah, but that's probably, yeah. They, so they technically lost that tiebreaker in the three-way tiebreaker with the Thunder and the Rockets, and then when it came time to flip the coins, they also lost that in the three-way tie completely. So we get twenty-third so instead of twenty-first. But I think it'll be okay. Even though you they hear that keep fate ahead of us,
0: fate, you owe us, fate. Okay, you owe the Utah Jazz. Um, no, uh, it was karma because uh,
1: we tanked and we were so against tanking.
0: Uh, I mean, you are so against tanking.
1: No, no. The organization <laughs> came out a couple of years ago.
0: No, Are they? Uh, right, sure. I'm sure they oh, are. are... Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, if they were so against tanking, sure. Yeah. Um, okay, Kant. So, um, uh, you know, you said you had a list of 100 guys that we're going to go through today. So, guy number yes. one of 100.
2: <laughs> so, my... <laughs> It's it's hard to say. My draft crush of this draft is Jalen Smith, but I think that my favorite, the player that I would most want the Jazz to draft, talking about the what does best player available mean, if he falls as low as 23, is this uh, young guy out of Serbia named Alexey Pokusevski. And mm. Pokusevski, they just call him Poku. He plays for Olympiacos in the League, but mostly he's playing, I, I believe it's the same league that Giannis Antetokounmpo played in. And he's the international man of mystery this year, in my opinion. There are some other guys that are higher up on draft boards. Um, but
1: Poku. He, he's not the guy that comp- comps himself with uh, with Joe Ingalls, right? No, no. He's not That's the guy another that comps himself with
2: Joe Ingalls. <laughs> yeah um That's Denny Advija. And I think that, uh, that yeah, was from one of the coaches that knows him. And there's no way that Advija is going to fall all the way to the Jazz. Yeah, um, okay. Did you
0: like step all that practicing all these and
2: I did not. I did not. But I tried to get them right. So I tried to do my best. So Poku's a seven footer that he's like a seven foot point guard, he's really, really thin he's the youngest player in the draft he will turn 19 on december 26th, so after the season starts and his averages aren't great but he like he can run both ends of the pick and roll he looks like he can shoot from outside um you know he's he's not jokic he's not Giannis. but he's just he's not anybody he he's completely it's very much one his own of a style
1: time. player Gotcha.
2: Yeah, and when you see the kinds of things that he does, he looks like he can be a rim protector if everything works out. He looks like he'll be able to shoot from outside if everything works out. He looks like he can handle the ball and be the point guard or the role man when running the pick and roll. And because of that like ceiling is the roof um just absolutely <laughs> sky-high ceiling of this guy like if he falls as low as as twenty three for the Jazz, which he might, he's kind of like Bol Bol last year, just kept dropping and dropping because people didn't know what to think about him. Although Bol Bol had a lot of uh, health concerns that, I, to my knowledge, Poku does not have. If he falls all the way to twenty three, I want the Jazz to just be like, you know what, we're going to take the gamble, and this guy might work out, even though we already have Rudy Gobert. Like this is the guy, like where you're just like, this is boomer bust, and I want him to work out. I don't think that's going to be the front office's. Philosophy, I think they're going to go for a safer bet that looks like a more consistent and somebody they can plug into the game now, the best player available that can help the team now, and that's wow. probably not you
0: I mean, I mean i I'm just impressed because like'm like, I'm a, like I, I made up that that scenario a few minutes ago, and like you almost described the exact guy I was trying to like I just made up and I had no idea about this guy before you started talking about him, so I was like, oh that's crazy it's like you pulled it from my head or I pulled it from your head. We, we incepted each other on that one. So, um, uh, okay. So like, so this guy's that, you know, a lot of upside, but, um, uh, you know, so you think you, you feel the jazz are probably going to play it safer then. Cause I'm um, uh, they, they, I mean, they obviously need depth, right?
2: Yeah. They, they need depth. They need a wing. They don't, they already have their star center, even though there are a lot of questions about go bear that we won't go into right now. They don't need a center. They don't need to go for this unicorn from Serbia like, that's not what the Jazz need at all. But if Poku falls to them, and I mean the Celtics draft ahead of the Jazz, the Nuggets who have shown time and time again that they're willing to take a risk draft ahead of the Jazz, there's a good chance he's not on the board. He's ranked higher on most big boards than in the Jazz's area. But in a lot of mock drafts, he is also falling. It's really hard to tell where he'll go. If he's there at 23, I would love for the Jazz to draft Poku. I'm going to guess that that's not what the front office is looking
0: for. Mm. And, and, I mean, like... Ugh. So that's that's where I, it gets me, and we go back to the philosophy. there, are like, if a, I mean, you're telling me these glowing things about him, and uh, I would just hate to know that this guy was there, uh, in two years he was on the Jazz's board, and two years later, three years later, he's an all-star. You know, um, and um, uh, that would that would hurt. You know, that would sting, uh, especially if, like knowing if the Jazz had him in or were really interested in getting him, but decided to pass on him for something safer or something that um, uh, is more. Um, that that helps him win now. Um, that doesn't have as much of an impact. Um, uh, you know, later on. So I I guess that's again that's where that question I I posed earlier comes into play. So it's well, interesting. And that's
2: that's the thing with Poku. Like I don't want mean to tell you that he's fantastic right now. He's not. He is raw. He has a lot of development he needs to do. He's not a great three-point shooter, but he looks like he can develop into being one. But you see the kind of ball-handling skills, the kind of knowledge that he has, the kind of potential that he has on defense. And, and right, I mean, he's 18 years old. He has lapses. He is not perfect. But if he meets his potential, if he puts weight on his body, and that's another big question mark with Poku, he's one of those really ultra-thin, very tall, lanky guys that have come to the NBA oftentimes before and just have not panned out. There's a very high bust possibility with this kind of player, and I don't think that that's probably what the front office is looking for. But I would love for them to take that kind of gamble. Because I mean, yeah, that, he's, he would be a star in the future if everything works out.
0: Yeah, and I, I, see, at 23, too, it's like it's like 23. I mean, boy, if you if you roll the dice and and hit again and uh, with a pick in the twenties, I mean that's what Dennis Lindsay was you know kind of made his mark right. I'm uh, hitting on picks that are you know a little bit later, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. To see if I'm a, that would be something the Jazz even could do if he was there at 23. I'm gonna keep an eye on Osheskevsky o- or I'm Poku
2: Poku P O K U Um Pokuchevsky. Just look up oh. some of his high, of his highlights, and he's he's just like no other player.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's interesting. So okay, so that's that's your unicorn. That's um that's something like again, if I'm the Jazz and I'm taking chances, and I feel like at 23, I I would take a chance because. Again, we don't know. Either yep. if you have Rudy Gobert. <laughs> if you have Rudy Gobert who signs a, a max contract, stays with the Jazz for another four years, I mean, if you have another guy waiting on the wings, like you can figure that out in two years. Like if all of a sudden Poku, um uh, 21, becomes um uh, you know, some of that. You're like, all right, this guy is the future. You can figure, you can figure something out, you know.
2: Um, yeah, and I mean, Poku. Part of what makes him unique is he's a seven footer that can run the pick and roll. Like he he might not need to play center. He's just seven feet tall. Yeah. So, so you you could conceivably try and put him in other positions. I don't know how that would work, but it would be a nightmare trying to get past him if he learns how to be a good, uh, you know, if he puts on enough weight and he learns how to be a good rim protector. And you can find a way to play him side by side with Gobert, it would be nightmarish for for offenses to get through that. But yeah. um, you know, that's that would be my prospect. He's like he's usually he could go in the lottery. Like he's all over the place on people's boards. Mm.
0: Oh, all right. So that's one name to look forward to to jazz fans. Um, so, uh, so you said the other approach, right? The, the safer, uh, but someone that could be really good for the jazz. Um, uh, what players do you have in that range?
2: So uh, somebody that would be safer that the jazz might look at um, like, that's a that's a harder thing to say. I, actually, if I can, I I would like to go kind of like to the other side of of if they yeah. want to take a gamble because I've seen some mock drafts that are like it's time for the Jazz to take a gamble. Let's try and find another star on the wings to match with with Donovan Mitchell for the future. And there's a player that sometimes mocked to the Jazz or has been connected with the Jazz named um McDaniel's out of Washington. So, uh, He's he's high on some people. Jaden McDaniels is high on some people's boards. If you look at just his highlights, he's you you can understand why people like him. Uh, I think that ESPN has him ranked as their twenty third best player, which is right where the Jazz are drafting. And and Sports Illustrated has him ranked around the same area. Problem with Jaden McDaniels is and and on the opposite end of hey, this is a good gamble. Like for me, Poku is a good gamble, and part of that's just my gut. I just love what his ceiling is. I look at Jaden McDaniels and I don't want him on my team. I I don't. Oh. I I really don't like him as a player. I will be disappointed if the Jazz draft him. He is athletic. He's fast. He is a little bit lanky. He's got kind of a Brandon Ingram kind of body, but he's that kind of big wing, six nine, six eleven wingspan. Um, he has the potential to be able to shoot. He seems to have a good form, but he just gets lost. He he doesn't have great. Uh, perception on the court like he he doesn't notice other players when they're open his awareness is just just absent and it's not just on offense he he gets tunnel vision he shoots he over dribbles like if you just watch his highlights you see why people say like this is a boomer bust prospect because if he puts it all together he is going to be awesome but i don't see him putting it all together So that's, like, kind of on the other end, and he's a name that I have heard linked with the Jazz in in mock drafts and with some people saying, oh, this is the kind of guy. He is that kind of big wing, the kind of prospect that the Jazz are looking for and that they would want to hit a home run with, and I just – I don't want them to draft Jade McDaniels.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, Well, yeah. So uh, so, uh, both ends of the coin there. Um, And – and so we're looking, um, uh, you know, the Jazz. I mean, again, there's a so there's so many names because uh, you said this is a flat draft. So many names that could be there for the Jazz. Uh, and so again, we said you had a hundred, so go go for it.
2: <laughs> so, if I had to guess who the Jazz are going to draft, and maybe I'm I'm going to him too early, and he should have been the hammer at the end of it. But if if I had to guess, uh, Tony Jones just wrote an article about how he had a meeting with the Jazz. He recently had a workout. Everything says that things are going well. It's not Donovan Mitchell level, but there's, you know, if you're reading the T weaves, you can kind of see he's somebody they're interested in. Josh Green, he's Australian, but he played for the University of Arizona. If you watch Pac-12 basketball, you would have seen him this year. He's that kind of athletic three and D wing that the Jazz are just searching for. And this is not a strong draft, but if everything works together, he's the kind of player that would be really what the Jazz need. He He's an caa player which means that he's at the same agency as many jazz players um he does pretty well on catch and shoot it's not eye bursting like he's he's above average for a college shooter hopefully he can extend his range his range looks good he's got good form um he's a solid on ball defender he knows how to use his length and you know australians the jazz have had a lot of luck with australians the dante xm experiment notwithstanding uh I think that Josh Green is has a really good chance of joining the Utah Jazz this year. If if I had to bet who they're going to pick at twenty three, and a person who's likely to be there at twenty three, it would be Josh Green.
0: Mm. Okay, yeah, and so yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, I mean, the term three and D, like, like Jazz can't get Jazz fans can't can get enough of three and D right now because oh um, uh, uh, yeah, that's... can we talk about other defensive players? I'll give it
1: back to you the
0: people. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, Jerry really
1: wants to bring it up. Go 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 for it. Bring bring him up. Um, well, I'm trying to remember if his first name is
2: Desmond Desmond or... Desmond, Bane. Yes,
1: Desmond yeah. Bane. So Bane is uh, known for stopping Batman and
0: <laughs> He's, known no, for he's for just a Batman's really big
1: back. athletic defensive uh, defensive uh, wing player and it looks like he could maybe fall to the jazz's range i mean there's a lot of people that are pretty high on him so it looks like his stock is kind of rising uh but you never know i mean that kind of stuff fluctuates a lot between
2: now and draft time yeah bane is is also on that same kind of uh, of a big wing that the jazz are looking for he played shooting guard he's he's more of a big guard he has a negative wingspan which is kind of a knock against him but i love bane Mm. he's one of my favorite players in this draft Cool name he's, is is one of the great strengths for him. He's one of David Locke's most hated players because he's twenty two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, the humanity! He's so the, old. <laughs> the the age matters, but it doesn't matter that much. I think that we overestimate the importance of age in these I, things. I think too David often. Locke does a lot, and he puts a
1: knock on. I mean, it's like if you let's not take Damian Damian Lillard at six because he did four years of college, you know. <laughs> Like sometimes it's, it's just a little much.
2: Yeah. And I, I don't think that it's going to be a big issue. I, I mean, the jazz are known to scout guys from Texas. I, he's at TCU. So it's not Baylor. It's not Dennis Lindsay's alma mater, but he but yeah, he's a great we're player. No, we're
1: known to have good, good scouting down there typically. Yeah.
2: He's a, he's a smart and versatile defender. He can defend two through four. Uh, he's a high level shooter. He averaged above 40% from three last year, and for each of the past three years. That's one of the nice things when you draft an upperclassman. You have years and years of, like, yeah, more data. he actually has enough volume that I can see that he is a consistently good three-point shooter. It's not just low-volume, single-year, was this a blip, or is this legitimate? I don't know. No, we can see. He's a good shooter. He's a good shooter. He's a good defender. He knows how to play. You know, he's... Pretty physically strong, but he's not the greatest athlete, so he doesn't give too much of the athleticism. But I think that Bain would be a great pick for the Jazz. He's almost exactly what the Jazz need to kind of bolster that backcourt defense that was so lacking this past year. Yeah. Uh,
1: the rookie wire with USA Today had uh, John Wall hit Desmond Bain with a nasty lob during a pickup game. So check that check that out, guys, if you want to see more Desmond Bain. More <laughs> Bain! Bane, um, I'll so crush you! <laughs> Good uh, stuff. um
0: you you mentioned him earlier i right? just said you, you threw his name out and like it's a local kid like he, he's a kid that i actually covered in high school of all things um mm. you taught know, say aggie so we, we know he's old right 24 and merrill. i don't think sam merrill is a a fit for the jazz i don't know if he is at all but con do you think he is a so fit many for the merrill's AMA?
1: i almost called him chip merrill
2: is he a fit for what sorry <laughs> yeah my I, I think that Sam Merrill is an NBA player. I think that he probably goes late second round or he goes undrafted free agent, but he can shoot the lights out. He's big. He's got size. Uh, he's and he can shoot. And just with those skills, I mean, he's not the worst play, worst defender in the world. And I think there's a decent chance that he, he gets drafted, um, probably not till the late second round. And I actually think that he would be okay with the Jazz filling the kind of a George Niang role, where he's not the most athletic, most explosive, but where he's just a smart player. He knows what he's doing. He, he's aware on the court. Um, you know, I, I think that Sam Merrill's an NBA player. I don't do think, think that he's.
1: Do you think his on. ceiling is like a, like a Joe
2: Ingles type or? No, he, he's not going to be a starter. Like Joe Ingles is a starting caliber player in the NBA, or at least at his at his think, height. He but learned. you think he's a rotation player? Like he's a. Yeah, I think he could be a rotation specialist. Come in, shoot, knock down open threes, do good enough on defense, has some playmaking chops, has good vision. That's the kind of guy that every NBA team should want more of. He's a good depth piece, be in the rotation or right at the end of the rotation. In the is NBA.
0: he? Is he Seth Curry? Uh,
2: no well he's how tall is seth curry i'm trying to think he's he's Curry's shorter than Steph, i want to say but like an inch or two you know sam merrill's six five like he's he's going to be a wing that can knock down open shots gotcha so i i kind of think more of a like a kyle corver who you're going to miss out on some aspects of his game but he has a good enough vision he knows how to move and he's got the smarts that he can do pretty well on the court he's not going to be reach the heights of Kyle Korver, he's not going to make an All Star team, but a poor
0: man's JJ Redick,
2: yeah, maybe something like that. But he's bigger.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, 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 I I just wonder because, like, I mean, obviously, it's a kid that I've followed for like six years, and I'm like, wow, like the fact that he might be in the NBA is is just mind blowing to me. So, um, uh, um, well,
1: well, let's let's say this for the BYU fans in the audience, he's probably going to outperform Jimmer and have a longer NBA career in that aspect. Suck to suck.
0: We'll see. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, for the BYU fans, I'm sorry. I don't know Yoli Child's game well enough, and so I, I have no opinion on Yoli Child. I know that he's he's usually on big boards, late second round or undrafted. He might yeah. he might be able. To I make think this, I, I think, he think he could be is- an
1: NBA player. I really do. Um, he's a he's more of a forward type. Um, he's not as much of like a lights out shooter and whatnot as Sam Merrill but um he seems like he's a lot stronger and uh more athletic um i mean i don't watch him as much as BYU fans do but i watched him enough to see that there's there's some things there he's got some tools that i think he can he'll make a push for
0: i mean if he's going to be if he's going to play like that power forward position in the in the nba right like can he rebound because that's probably going to be his main skill right like is can he rebound and um uh, uh you know come off the bench and and give that
1: like rebounding I mean I, I don't know what to energy. think of his rebounding skills uh BYU fans were really complaining about rebounding a lot last year so I don't know Alright, well and <laughs> that's uh, that's I, some, uh, I think that part of that was about their center too cuz I don't think their center was that big of a guy or I don't know
0: and this uh that's Plus, it for locals in the NFL folks
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yoli had to miss some time because of that oh, yeah that was that was just that was ridiculous I'm sorry BYU fans you had to deal with that he self-reported and they still they still you know came after him more than they went after the University of uh, North Carolina so
0: <laughs> okay, so um, uh, so you only
1: self-reported yeah he self-reported. He, ejected, yeah yep, he, he's a killer <laughs> <laughs> he's an imposter <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. Also, thanks to our Utah sponsors, the Off-Broadway Theater in downtown Salt Lake and the Great Room Escape in Leighton, Utah. If you have a second, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and all other podcast platforms. It helps us podcast out, and we will enter all written five-star reviews into a drawing for free tickets to either the Off-Broadway Theater or the Great Room Escape. Just write a five-star review, and you'll be entered to win. All right. Um, so I'm a cop before we I'm a, uh, finish up with your list here. Um, so like somebody, some of my Twitter friends on, uh, you know, from like the NBA chats, they've asked me like, what do you think about the jazz trading uh, the 23rd pick? And uh, this is a, uh, about a week or so ago. And I think the jazz, I told him, I think the jazz are probably going to keep the pick. Cause like what, what he was offering was, he's like, what about a two second rounders and a future pick? I can't remember for the first or second, but um the problem i saw I told him with it is that the jazz um and if you want to see uh, some good stuff or go to salt city hoops and um uh, uh Dan Clayton tweeted it out uh article about like how many players the jazz are gonna have so the jazz um uh, right now have like nine contracted players right and um uh, they they can go fifteen and two two ways um the draft pick would make ten and then then they're probably gonna bring back um uh, the likes of Juwan Morgan, uh meoni um I can see. Nigel Williams-Goss being cut, um, Brantley's most likely coming back. I mean, he's Brantley, yeah, a restricted free agent. Will probably coming back. JWF,
2: um, I think he's gone.
0: Yeah. Uh Rayon Tucker uh, will probably be back. Well, might be back, but like that—that's already like fourteen-ish guys or whatever. So that means that's four guys the Jazz are bringing back if you include the draft pick. And so you know, two of those guys are going to be two A players. Um, so the jazz would only be able to pick and, and that's without Jordan Clarkson. So you, if you add Jordan Clarkson there, that's 15, then you have the mid level, which you might want to split into two players and the biannual. So, um, a lot of things here. So would it, you do you think it would behoove the jazz to maybe think about moving the 23rd pick for something else, um, to maybe get into a later draft or something like, um, we, we started talked about how this has be, been a flat draft, but not a bad draft, but more of a flat draft.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't think the pick gets traded. I think the Jazz want to add some blood into the into the roster now. I think that they like a lot of the youth that they brought on last year, but they're not, you know, wedded to them. They're going to be willing to cut people. They're going to be willing to move on if they have better options. So I think they probably keep the pick. And the other thing in this draft is I don't think that it's going to be easy to trade the pick in this draft. Like people aren't going to want to give up future value for current value because future drafts look a lot better. The 2021, the 2022, 2023 drafts look like they're going to have just a lot more talent. I think the 2022 draft right now is looking to be what they call the super draft when they let the high school kids come in again. It, it's just not worth those risks. And the Jazz also probably want to use a draft pick as long as they have it because they've already promised the future draft pick to the Grizzlies um, probably coming in a couple years.
0: Right. And so, um, for the jazz, um, uh, uh, well, we, and we've talked about this too. Like, what are your thoughts? Cause we, we, I mean, we're having accelerated off season. The, the draft happens in a week, a week from tonight we're recording actually. And then, you know, free agency and light and training camp and then boom in a month and a half, the season starts. Um, how do you think that affects these rookies who number one, didn't, um, uh, have a, as long as the season, as they usually, you know, they didn't have March Madness, so I mean, their season was cut short. And now they've had to wait a lot longer to, um, uh, so they they've had to stay in shape on their own, uh, and then now get into um uh, the NBA um uh, rotation and only have you know a month. To get acclimated to the NBA speed, um, do you think the rookies are gonna, you know, do like you know, we talked about this with NFL? Like some of the rookies might not um, acclimate as well because they're they're missing out on caps and stuff. How, what do you think about the NBA? The rookies are how, how are they gonna do?
2: I would guess that the rookies in the NBA this year are going to be very team dependent and scheme dependent. Like Quinn Snyder's system is not an easy one to jump in and just plug and play. So, depending on where they came from in college, the kind of coaching they had in college, and how much prep they've done, I think the player's probably going to take a pretty good t- amount of time to adjust to the Jazz's system. But, if you're on a team that doesn't run as complex a system as what Cider runs on offense, and you're one of the players that comes from a Kentucky or from, what, uh, you know, Villanova, and you get into the NBA now, and you've had these extra months to prepare your body, you've got... I think some of the rookies are going to be more prepared and some of them are going to look really bad. And it's, yeah. I don't know who the, which ones will be, which, but I think that a lot of it will be scheme dependent. A lot of it will be based on the kind of schools they went to and their access to professional trainers during this extended off season, this extended break between the end of college and going to the pros. Yeah.
0: You, you, you touched on one of my fears is that, um, uh, you know, new players in the Snyder system seem to take a long time to, to acclimate. And, um, uh, you know, being in a pandemic world, I'm um, a, uh, you know, low training, l- less training camp. I'm um, a, uh, a long time, you know, since the college season and the NBA season, uh, I can see the 23rd pick. I'm, um, uh, coming in with some hype, like, you know, Josh Green, you know, the three and D guy, and then just looking so lost that he, he might, you know, fall out of the rotation within a month or two. Cause the jazz are really wanting to, um, uh, you know, it, I mean, it's possible. It feels like it's, it's possible. And, um, uh, um, it would feel, I, I don't know. It just, it just, um, I, I guess the point is that, like, boy, you know, I, the jazz are really hyping up this 23rd pick as somebody that can come in and help, but there are some obstacles in the way that could really hinder that, um, uh, uh for the jazz who are in a win now mode.
1: Well, here's to, uh, Oni uh, making a real push or some me, eh? uh, nah, whatever. Mia One, Yeah. Yeah. Making a real push, uh, to the top nine, 10 rotation. Uh, shooting man i really wanted to see the floor
0: uh yeah i mean uh well i i think is he allowed to be one of those two two a contract players Cause no no oh man like i don't know who the, the jazz two a contract players are going to be like I, I named 14 or 15 the jazz are going to have to trim some fat um uh, somewhere like the jazz are going to lose some players that
1: uh i don't think they're going to cut him though cuz i don't they're, think they're gonna cut well him. he's on a he's on a non-guaranteed deal for yeah. 1. 5 million. Yeah. I I think he ends up on the roster. And he was one of the players you named in your count. Up. Right, right. <laughs> but, uh, but if he can't be one of the 2A players, um I guess I guess he can still be
0: sent out to the G League, but like it's going to be hard for, him to, for me to see him like in constant time to 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 make that rotation. Uh there's this, I mean if the Jazz, you know, if the Jazz go find two free agents with their MLE and BAE or however they do it and they bring Jordan Clarkson back somehow and they figure it out. Like there's, this, I mean, Miola's gonna to have to jump a lot of guys. You know what I'm saying?
1: Um, Two free agents, really? That's,
2: no, I, yeah I, I think it. they're. Yeah, I think it's gonna be one free agent with the with the MLE and probably not using the BAE this year. But we'll right. we'll have to wait and see how it all turns out. But right. yeah, some guys are gonna get cut. I think that Nigel Williams-Goss is probably gone. He gone. J- well, Jarell Brantley will be kept on a two way contract, and then it's going to be a question of who you're going to put on the other two way because I think they'll let Justin Wright Foreman go and fulfill his destiny as a microwave scorer in China. <laughs> and, uh, like, I think he's great. I just don't think that he's going to make it in the NBA. Yeah. NBA is tough, man. Uh, it really is.
0: And so, um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, again, it's just some, uh, and I know there's some people who are like, all right, in the Jazz, I, I saw a tweet, uh, from one of our, um, our jazz friends, Sam uh, Utah Jazz, Jazzy Man, I think. And um, uh, he he talked about the jazz, you know, buying a second round pick because that's what the jazz do. And I want to like bring it up because like Jared, we talked about last week, you, you said just because, um, uh, you know, Mr. Qualtrics here is um a a, a billionaire. He's just not going to throw money around just to buy a pick unless, unless it makes sense, yeah, you know.
1: I mean, yeah, and, unless it makes sense, and and I and, don't know if they're gonna feel the need to buy a pick or not. I don't know Cause, exactly cause like exactly. you said, the roster spots are limited, and it
0: feels and roster like... spots are limited. And like, you know, a, a second round draft pick. What's like, you know, obviously best case scenario is like Jokic, Millsap, but really, if if they go on the Brantley track, or even like no, let's, let's say not Brantley, if they if they become George Yang, that's like success story, right? If you if you get a yeah, it is a
1: success story, absolutely. If you get a
0: second round pick to become George Yang, and so but. Do you want to pay two million dollars in a year where
1: you're up against uh, the luxury tax? And, you know, uh, I don't want to. I'm not sure I want to have this conversation because I don't want to be build my reputation as a Yang hater. But how badly do
2: we really want him on the roster this year? <laughs> so, I don't want we, the Yang <laughs> to block me on Twitter, but <laughs> I would be okay if he weren't on the roster. Right.
1: But um,
0: uh, <laughs> and, and again, we we we. we <laughs>
2: I think I, like I should. Just,
1: I should just cut this part is better on Twitter than it is. In um, NBA, so. I should just cut this. I should cut this clip
0: because I say a lot. Like George Yang seems like a very nice individual.
1: There <laughs> you
0: go. It is. Um. Uh. It is. Um. My blog link to see how often. he... But that's the thing is that like the jazz coaching staff likes him, and obviously they want to keep him around, and they like him. So
1: I feel yeah. like he he fills a he fills a role and whatnot, but I just don't know that. You don't think he's know as what that quintessential role is? as <laughs> he, well? I don't know that he's as quintessential as, as the minutes he gets seem to suggest.
0: Right, but but like for better like like Nate might be the guy that drops out rotation, but he also might not. Like that's the thing is like, I can't I can't guarantee you go. We're gonna go find right. the Jazz are gonna go find yeah. guys that they like better than George. Like I I can't tell you Mio One is gonna drop jump.
1: George Yang some um, uh, minutes. Yeah, no, I well, yeah, that's, right, they right. don't even play the same position. So,
0: like, right, I mean, yeah, but you can figure that out, you know. Like, like if the Jazz went got Derek Favors, then George Yang minutes would go somewhere else. But I don't, I don't, I can't tell you that it's going to go to Mione, You know what I'm saying? Like, Nying,
2: right, well, yeah, I mean,
1: I, I also if, don't know if the favors thing is going to happen because it still feels like an. F, that's, that's just like, that was just an example. It was just
0: like I, yeah. I was just saying that I'm uh, um George Yang's minutes.
2: So last year's Jazz roster <laughs> was yeah, go filled ahead, with, with these guys that are second-round or undrafted free agents. Like Rajon Tucker is an undrafted free agent that they brought up out of the G League and from the Wisconsin Herd. You've got Jawan Morgan, undrafted free agent. Then you've got your second-round picks with uh, Justin Wright Foreman, Nigel Williams-Goss. You've got the guy that they brought from overseas and uh, Stanton Kidd, who they had for a little while. And... Mione, like you've got all these guys that are second round or undrafted free agents, and the Jazz have had incredible success with those kinds of players. That is who George Niang is. That is who Royce O'Neal is. Right. That yeah. is who Joe Ingles was. Like these are guys that weren't drafted, and the Jazz have found them. But it's not that high of a success rate. Like if one of Oni or Morgan or Brantley or Tucker works out and actually makes it into the rotation, that's an incredible success oh, for draft yeah, that late. And so, like, I like all those guys. I'm optimistic about their future, but the Jazz are probably going to be willing to cut them fairly quickly and say this: they're just not going to be a rotation player if they feel like there's somebody else that has a more promising chance yeah. at
1: that. Well, um, as a as a boss of mine or – I'm not sure if you – well, he wasn't my direct supervisor, but whatever. But he used to say that they're going to find their happiness elsewhere, and I'm sure they will because they're talented guys. Yeah. Um, and and I,
0: I guess, I mean, I, I think the hope right now for Jazz fans is that they go find whoever in free agency to go to jump ahead of Yang and then hopefully the draft pick or somebody to jump ahead of Yang. And so like that way we do reduce Yang's minutes. But again, if the injury happens or, you know, well, yeah. decides to run the number 11 and that number 11 guy might still be George Yang. So, yeah. Uh, so the, oh.
2: the, the rotation minutes, like the big questions I think amongst the fans and amongst the team are going to be, how much are we going to give George Niang or how much can we replace him? How much are we going to give Tony Bradley or how much can we replace him? Those are open questions and they're good questions to see. I think they're going to look and try to get that big wing that's going to be able to defend the elite players or at least put a body on the elite players in the NBA because we don't have that right now.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I I hear that. And I think that, that that role, at least defensively, is something that that people can come in and play with good. If if they have good defensive instincts, they're going to be able to come in and play that a little bit easier, having having Rudy Gobert backing them up basically. Um, and then what's going to happen to them on offense? Because I think on offense that's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough transition.
2: Yeah, and that's it's going to feel like it's getting whiplash a little bit because the Jazz have been an elite defensive team, elite defensive team, and then last year they were an elite offensive team, and the defense suffered, and you need to find the the happy medium and find the happy middle there. For sure. Um, So I don't know. I've got like three or four more guys I can talk about. I don't know how many guys you want to talk about.
0: All all 100, sir.
2: (laughs) <laughs> I, so i've i've written a few pieces for salt city hoops with um, nice. with draft previews the guards and the bigs are already up so if you want to read deeper into these guys feel free to to look those up and then my wings piece should be coming out sometime soon before the draft Ooh, fun, um, fun stuff so speaking of defense uh tyler bay and, and the Bays. Like, I'm only going to do quick hits on the Bays. Sadiq Bey is probably not going to fall all the way to the Jazz. He's a Villanova player. Villanova players have done really well in the pros. Wright, Jay Wright knows how to coach players. Um, he's NBA-ready. He could be a 3-and-D fit. I think the Sadiq Bey would be fine. Um, but there's also Tyler Bay out of Colorado. Tyler Bay was the defensive player of the year for Pac-12. Um, he was second-team all-Pac-12. He probably can't guard the one he can guard twos pretty well. And he can guard fives. He can guard two Mm. to five and he just works. He is an elite defender. Um, So if the jazz really want to double down on defense, they can get Tyler Bay. The problem with Tyler Bay is I'm not sure that he can play NBA offense. Mm. He he's got, you know, he shot 419 from three last year but that was on one attempt per game. And in the years before, like he was, he was a nothing from three. He turns over the ball. He, he's just, he's one of those, um, how oh, man, my mind's it's having like an Elijah Mills.
0: Poor poor man's Patrick Beverly.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, not yeah. This is a big wing. So he's, um, yeah. six, seven with a seven one oh. week span. Like this, this isn't Patrick Beverly, but he's going to be the kind of guy that can defend multiple positions. He played in the post when he was in college, um, but he's the kind of guy where he's defense only and, and he is an offensive liability. Like maybe yeah. if everything 20. works out. He can just knock down open threes. If he's willing to take them. He reminds me a little bit of Royce O'Neal, but even more afraid to take an open three pointer mm-hmm. and <laughs> 2020,
0: Ronnie uh, Brewer. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: the, the comp I was thinking of is, um, uh, Andre Robertson. Like Oh yeah. yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Like all D no. Like the, that's that's Loud the kind of player you'd get here. So I'm not sure that he can yeah. play NBA offense, but I love his defense. Um gotcha. another player, Nate Hinton out of Houston. Um he's six five, six nine wingspan, another big wing. He's the he's a three and D type player. Um He's ranked really lowly by a lot of the experts. I'm not exactly sure why. He is, I believe, he's 21 years old, so he's a little bit older. Um, Like, the Athletic has him 57th. The Ringer didn't even have him ranked in their big board. Uh, The highest ranking I had for him was 48th from Bleacher Report. Like, he's... Not high on a lot of people's boards, but you watch him play like he's the kind of guy that you just love on the jazz, like a Trevor Booker type that just goes out there and gives his all every moment of every game. Um, He fights for every ball. He's everywhere. Um, He's probably late second or undrafted. I would like the jazz if they're going to buy into the second round, like a Nate Hinton is the kind of guy I want them to look at. He's the player
1: player.
2: I honestly think that he's probably a first round talent in my opinion. And I'm not an expert. I'm not a scout. Like, I do this in my free time. This isn't my full-time job. So they probably know better than I do. But I think that he could be a real steal. Um, he's Says a good shooter. Hint- Hint-
0: sorry, Nate Hinton?
2: Nate Hinton out of oh. out of Houston, University of Houston. Gotcha. So, um, yep.
0: Sorry, I was going to say, so what if uh, this is just a, a hypothetical? So the first round drop pick, 23, right, is a guaranteed contract. What if, like, what if the Jazz are really big on this, um, uh, this Nate character, and um, uh, they decide, you know what, they trade to pick thirty-four and get another second rounder somewhere uh, later, uh, another second rounder uh, in a different draft, um, and that way they can draft Hinton uh, at thirty-four and give him a non-guaranteed contract to make the team.
2: Yeah, I mean, I like that idea. I think the Jazz are going to pick at 23. I, I Like, what, the way this front office maneuvers and acts, I don't think they trade back if there's a player on the board that they like. If there's a Josh Green on the board, if there's a Poku on the board, uh, if there's a Desmond Bain on the board, they're going to draft him. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Interesting. 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 Uh, so you, you were still finishing up your profile on Nate before I interjected. Oh
2: no, I think that that's that's fine. Like that's he's he's a pretty decent shot. It looks like he can probably extend his range out to three point land. He's not an elite athlete athlete, but he just is high level defense. Go full speed all the time. High hustle. He's a wing, and he averaged eight point seven rebounds a game. I mean, that's not the main part of his of his game but as a wing to to grab those kinds of rebounds yeah he's just just he's going to go out there he's going to make things happen exactly um and then another wing because that's what the jazz are going to be looking at that i the last wing i think i will probably highlight before i i go to my my draft crush this guy that i've wanted the jazz to draft since early in the year will be the the one i end with but um I don't know if you follow ballers life sigh on Twitter. Sigh would be mad at me if I didn't mention Robert Woodard. He's been <laughs> rising up draft draft boards. He's out of Mississippi state 21 year old six, seven. He's got a seven foot two wingspan and like length just makes things so much easier on defense. And he knows how to play D. Um, yeah. He has all the tools to be a very good de- defensive player. Um, he's made major strides in his jump shot. He shot 429 from three this last year. Um, and I think that he just will be able to be a three and D style wing in the NBA. He has a lot of promising tools. He's the guy that Locke has been talking about that just jumps out at him when he's watched him on film. Um, and he, I think he would be a very good pick. I, I would be happy if they got Woodard at 23 as well. Um, so that's, that's all the guys. I think the jazz are going to go with a wing. I would bet Josh green, but Desmond Bain, big guard, uh, big two guard or some kind of a three or four is probably what they're going with. Um, but we haven't mentioned a lot of bigs other than Poku. So two guys that I, that I love one of them is a second rounder again, um, at least on most people's boards. So the jazz would probably try and wait and get him in the second round is Killian Tilly out of Gonzaga. Uh, he, I believe he was a senior this year and um, it's got a lot of links to the jazz. He's a French player. Uh, his, his, Agent is Mark Bartlestein, who many jazz fans love because he brought his <laughs> to Ingles.
0: Gordon! Oh, oh, yeah, there's that other guy. There's that
2: other guy. Um, but you'll hear about a Killian in the draft, Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes will not fall far enough for the Jazz to draft him. But Killian Tilly is 6'10, 6'11 wingspan, French. He plays the four. He is the kind of big, can knock down the three from outside, playmaking capable four that the Jazz have been looking for for a long time. He has some major question marks. He's older. He's 22 already. He'll turn 23 in March. Uh, He has had a lot of injury history at Gonzaga, which are are some of the issues he may have. He was teammates with Nigel Williams-Goss. So Mm. um, I think that Goss was a senior when he was a freshman. So it's, you know, it's not exactly a match right there, but they were teammates together at Gonzaga. And he doesn't have a lot of athleticism, but I think that he's pretty good in defense. He's a good shooter. And he's the kind of player that Jazz could really use for that big wing stretch four type of player that used to be in vogue and doesn't seem to be as in vogue in the, in the league anymore. Hmm. And then another potential stretch four, although I think he would probably end up being more of a stretch five in the NBA, is Jalen Smith out of Maryland. I don't think he falls to 23 anymore. He used to be down towards the end of the first round or in the middle of the first round on most big boards, but he's been rising up. Um, The chatter is that a lot of teams really like him all American first team, all big 10. He was big 10, all defense. He can shoot. He's got some stiff hips. I don't know how well his defense will translate to the NBA. Like he's not going to be a high level Rudy Gobert type rim protector, but he can protect the rim. Um, And he can shoot from outside. He wears goggles. And I think that's really important with bigs. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wore goggles, uh, you know, Thurl Bailey, of course. Horace Grant if you wear goggles in the NBA and you're big I just see good things for your future <laughs> so but no he's he's size he's a high level athlete he has a smooth jump shot with NBA range and he's a solid defender. I think that if the jazz have him on the board if he's still available at 23 that he would be a great pick he's right. he's a player that I'm absolutely in love with and I'm gonna follow and and enjoy his NBA career wherever he goes. Kareem Horace Grant. And the
1: our guy in the hall of fame. <laughs> um,
0: uh, Kant Kantism, uh passing him a, uh, passing him a note up uh to the front of class and um uh, it says somebody likes you and um uh he looks back <laughs> and he and he does a little finger wave.
2: Yeah, Jason Smith is not going to be Kareem Abdul Jabbar. He is not <laughs> probably even going to be Thurl Bailey, but uh, I I see that he could be a good solid rotation player in the NBA, which at twenty-three if that's what you get, it would be fantastic. And I like his potential. I really like Jalen Smith. Right. Uh,
0: um, uh, yeah. So that's that's your Twitter crush, huh?
2: Yeah, that's that's my draft crush this draft year. Crush, excuse me. My draft crushes in years past have been pretty good, um, which probably means that it's time for them to fail this year. And <laughs> so we'll They're we'll see how be. they go. But I, you're I lucky and love. Fan. I was a big fan of Grant Williams, who was in the Celtics rotation as a, as a rookie last year. Um, Troy Brown Jr. in 2018, who started to show some flashes of his potential in the bubble. Uh, Donovan Mitchell back in 2017.
1: Grant was- Williams, who should have gotten playoff minutes, and but uh, his coach... <laughs> Crazily, didn't
2: yeah. play. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Grant Williams. Last year, I was really, really wanting the Jazz to just get a whole trio of Tennessee players and Admiral Schofield and Grant Williams, and then bring in Tobias Harris. I'm glad they didn't end up with Tobias Harris in in hindsight. And <laughs> Admiral Schofield, I'm still, you know, that's an open question. But if they'd gotten Grant Williams, I would have been thrilled.
0: Um, uh, Khan, well, thank you so much. So, uh, and I, I, I've been very educated. So, guys. Uh, I've been asked to be part of the Unwrapped Sports Nation's um, mock draft for the NBA. So I'm, I'm obviously representing the Jazz at 23. Do I do I go Poku or Bust or what? Like Poku, no matter what. Do I do I go try to get him?
2: Poku, no matter what, if he's there. Yeah, and if you can trade up without giving up too much, get Poku. All
0: right. Like, I wonder what too much is.
1: Well, <laughs> if, if are you guys only doing first round or first and second round?
0: Jazz don't have a second round pick, but um, uh, if I can if I can buy into it, maybe you know if I if I if I can spend right fake Ryan Smith's money, I I will do it. Um, uh, every day. No, no, I,
1: mean, I meant in your actual mock draft, are you doing both rounds?
0: Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if they are or not. I I, I just focused on what the Jazz I, the Jazz have one pick, and so I was,
1: I was like, all right, that's what I'm focused on right now. So that's, that's um, funny. Well, trade mortgage our future for for something crazy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's like you know what, guys, here we go.
0: Rudy Gobert for yeah. Uh, uh yeah so uh i mean here, and here's the thing like so as a fake gm i'm like do i want to be crazy do i I want to say hey this is not a real thing do i just want to like you know what <laughs> let's build this team in my image
2: and, yeah. and you're <laughs> gonna draft
1: some some with Asian the twitter
2: drafts draft. and with these yeah. mock drafts that people do i found that you need to find a balance like you want to be crazy and have fun with it, but the trades can get out of control and it just nowhere resembles anything real. And if you're just doing it for fun, that can be fun. But I think you just you, you need to find that happy medium where you'd be like, let's be somewhat realistic, but still shoot for the stars. And that's yeah, what I'm so saying.
1: Yeah, don't go don't go nuts, but but do try to get Poku. Yeah,
0: uh-huh. to get. <laughs> I'm just saying, Mike Conley for Russell Rushbrook. like. It was really funny because I'm, um, uh, yeah, I, I was, yeah, don't um,
1: do that. We don't
0: want uh, no, hold on a second. I, I was DMing with Kant and he was like, and what was it? What did you say, Kant? You said,
2: that, um, said, I'm ready to talk about how we're going to get Russell Westbrook to the Jazz yes, that's, that ready to the, ready for the because podcast. Westbrook
1: wants out of Houston. Oh yeah. man,
2: oh. man, he would be so mad
1: if he got traded here, wouldn't he?
0: But how funny would that be if I did that in the in the mock draft? Like, just like, no, guys, honestly, guys, that, guys, that would be,
1: would be perfect. In guys, terms we West, of West, all right.
0: I gave up Mike Conley and something else. Don't worry about it. (laughs) All right. Okay. Well, um, uh, guys, this is fun. Thank you so much. I I know you're East coast. So, um, uh, this is a little bit later for you than we, and um, uh, always good to hear from you. Um,
2: trade deadline was after the jazz game on the East coast. I think I ended up staying up and talking to you guys till like two or three in the morning. So this, this, it's 11 o'clock. I'm good.
0: (laughs) You're always willing to talk to jazz. I love it. So, um, so again, hit up where can they um, read about where where you're writing these profiles for these players?
2: Uh, SaltCityHoops.com. Uh, it's Jazz Draft Watch Part One, Two, and Three. Parts One and Two have already been published, and Part Three is coming out sometime this week. All
0: right. All yes. Right. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Uh, J-, J Rod, what's up, man? Thanks for thanks for joining us early today. I know that um uh, the Brazilian, Brazilian princesses won't bodyguard themselves. So, uh, uh, well, that's not even a thing anymore, man. Like no. Late. Oh, so sucks. Sorry to the Brazilian princess I got assassinated. That sucks. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, check him out at Go the Distance Forty Nine uh, uh, on Twitter. That's Go the Distance Forty Nine. Um, he also runs our jazz uh, Facebook page, which is it Jazz High Notes on, on Facebook. Yeah, it's jazz. High. It's all jazz high notes. All it's right. all jazz high notes. Um, uh, you can find them, um, uh, or I guess now at Sloan Imperative again, writing for Salt City Hoops, which we love. Salt City Hoops, um, uh, Salt City Hoops, give us money, and um, I don't think they
2: have money I, I to give, man. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Dad. has Dan, got money. I think Dad's got money. Um. And so, yeah, again, follow me at High uh on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow AdDragonsquatch. He'll be here on DraftWatch Part 2, when we do our second episode. And then, free agency episode starts right after that, like, literally oh, 48 hours after that. We do have that, to let so.
1: him we have to let him chime in. He was he's making a comment about jazz, jazz uniforms. He was disgusted that he, he he wants <laughs> he wants to see he wants to see the jazz city uniforms and all. No, but he I, was disgusted that that he was he he was even making that tweet because he's like always making fun of everyone else. I'm pretty sure
0: that's um, a uh, that's like about uniforms. That's his code word. <laughs> like um, uh, that's like I'm um, uh, I've been kidnapped. Um, uh, they're letting me tweet. Um uh, something i um, uh please help me uh we've been a couple weeks
1: <laughs> pretty much his other tweet was about Cleveland Indians being a farm team so uh,
0: that's that's okay. is, that's that's a normal that's a normal I'm on the toilet tweet so
1: yeah. okay
0: <laughs> um uh thanks Jared thank you Kant, and um'm uh uh we'll see you guys next time.
2: see you next time